ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Friday, April 24th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines, 877-420-TONK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite hold true. Great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Coming up today on the program, I'm just going to be upfront and honest with you. She's pretty cool. She's one of my best cohorts at all Marshall games. The sports editor of the Parthenon, Taylor Huddleston, going to join me here in the next few minutes. We're going to talk sports. We're going to also probably cut up a little bit. We're going to have fun. I hope you have fun with us. But I'm just going to be quite honest with you and upfront. We are going to do both. Have fun, talk sports. So that's what we're going to do here in a few minutes. And, of course, I'm sure she'll talk a little NFL draft with me as last night. Day one of the draft. You know, the commissioner's got a pretty nice basement. I'm pretty envious of his setup. He even had a video monitor with fans booing at him, not doing a very good job, but the fans were there. You think Gary Bettman and the NHL would ever do something like that? Actually have a video monitor where fans can cheer or boo and encourage those fans to do so? For the most part, really not many major technical hiccups. It was what I expected it would be. It was a Zoom conference call with better production values, but I thought they handled it pretty well. I actually liked this draft format. I know we're not going to go back to this, but I really like this because there was a few moments where we're trying to fill for content, and I know it was a struggle to get player interviews. You had to basically depend on either the player having good bandwidth Camera quality was maybe spotty in some places, but again, that's to be expected. These are young men who are coming from different economic backgrounds. Some had better setups than others as far as their video capabilities were concerned. That's all going to change soon. They're going to be first-round draft picks, and that means uh, they're going to be able to upgrade the Internet real quick with that first paycheck when we get to actual NFL action. But for the most part, It went the way I hoped it would be, and the Bengals get Joe Burrow. That's right, LSU quarterback Joe Burrow, selected first overall by the Cincinnati Bengals, becoming the second player in the common draft era, and that is since 1967, to win the Heisman, win the national championship, and go first overall in the span of a year. Cam Newton, the other to do it. He was also the first of three quarterbacks to go in the first six picks, tied for the most in the first six picks in the common draft era, and it's tied with 1999 and 1971. Burrow also the first of 15 players selected from the SEC on Thursday. That is, according to Elias, that is the most first-round picks from any conference in NFL draft history. So let's hear those chants, SEC, SEC, S-E-C, S-E-C. Now, the Bengals have one pick in each round of the draft. They had the first pick. They will begin again tonight with the first pick in the second round. Where do they go? 
because they have needs. They've got some front seven issues they've got to attend to. A tight end would be nice. Wide receiver. I would want to make sure the Bengals protect my quarterback for one. I would try to find the best player out there, get the best player. But at the same time, I want to make sure my quarterback's protected. So I'm kind of curious where they're going to go tonight, what they think the most pressing need is, or the player they feel is the best player on the board. I'm pretty happy they didn't trade down, let the Dolphins mess up their draft pick. To be honest, the Dolphins got their quarterback. The Bengals got their quarterback. We'll see where everything falls. But I'm pretty excited about what the Bengals were able to do instantly. They're upgrading the quarterback position. And Andy Dalton's a nice guy. But this ain't about being nice. Not the story here. Nice guys finish last is what I'm told. And he's a nice guy. But at the same time, wins. That's what matters. Wins. And so we'll talk a little bit about the Bengals draft history a little bit later on in the program. Also, I want to talk to you later on about Conference USA. Don't know what's going to happen. Everything at this point is speculation, conjecture, just me talking. And that's fine. That's what we do. We can talk. We can speculate. We can go in any direction as long as we acknowledge that's what we're doing. We're just speculating right now. We're talking. But I try to make sure it's educated speculation. It's based in some form of reality. I like to actually let the facts get in the way. I don't let the facts hold me back from a good story. I actually like letting the facts get in the way. And there could be some adjustment in Conference USA. Already, we're talking about NFL draft night number two. And the NFL, they're under the impression, yeah, we're going. NFL season's going to happen. College athletic directors, college presidents, conferences, everybody's got a different opinion. But they all believe the college football season is going to happen. We just don't know what shape or form it's going to happen. And the reason being, money. End of the story. Money. Money is going to dictate what happens, or money is going to be the reason that things happen, either in a positive manner or in a negative manner. Because if money is not there, college football begins to collapse Athletic departments begin to really collapse. If the money's there, then maybe college athletic departments tightening the belt can get past this pandemic. And when we get to a point where we're at football games in a more common manner, back together once again. And think about ticket sales are going to be an issue as well. Do you want to go back to a football game? You've got your diehard, your super fan that person's going. I'm going to guarantee you right now. If you opened it up tomorrow and said, here you go, super fan, you can go watch practice or you can go watch herd football, you can watch your favorite football team, they're there. Super fan don't care. But for a lot of people, they're going as an entertainment option. They're going, they love the herd, but they're going to enjoy the game. Do they come back with the economic issues that we're all facing right now? Do they come back? Do they spend that money? And if it's a reduced season, do they come back? If it's a reduced season, that means less home games. If it's a reduced season, does that mean non-conference games are not on the table? And that's reduced revenue. And with group distancing, are you going to let people on the tailgate lot to tailgate in close proximity? 
How's that all going to work? So these are things we're going to continue to talk about and ponder on a daily basis. But when we come back from break, I want to welcome to the program. She's from the Parthenon. Of course, you see her as well on a lot of sports coverage from Marshall. She basically is a student working her tail off at Marshall University. She's interviewing everybody on campus. You'll see her video vignettes at times. Of course, she's with the Parthenon right now. Taylor Huddleston, my good friend, joining me on the program when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Friday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You know, one of the lessons I've learned over the last few years is get yourself a squad. Either start a good squad or, better yet, get in a really, really good one. And I think I'm in a really good one right now because uh, I've got on the program, she is one of my cohorts on press row at any given time during a Marshall event. She's right now the sports editor of the Parthenon. She's on social media all the time covering the herd. So when you see all those interviews with people like Chad Pennington, Taylor Huddleston usually is the one behind all of that madness, and she's with us now on the program. What's up? Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. Actually, I just missed the fact that we haven't been on press row cutting up and and goofing off and doing everything. Oh, and following the game at the same time. I mean, we can do both. Exactly. And we even come up with these cool dances. We haven't posted that yet. I think we're going to do that eventually. I'm going to get on TikTok and we're finally going to do it. Sounds good to me. So yesterday, or it was today, um, I saw it. The story you wrote about Marshall Athletics continuing to rise despite COVID-19. And as a reporter for the Parthenon, I mean, people don't know this, but the Parthenon is still going on as well, even though it's a student-run paper. The Parthenon is still there. And you have a unique perspective because not only are you a sports editor, you're covering it from that angle. You're also a student on campus, so you sort of have some different insights than maybe, say, I do or some of the other reporters that are following everything. And you're pretty positive about everything happening right now. Yeah, Paul, I have faith that sports and life will somewhat return to, I'm not sure if you would say normal, but back to how things used to be. And, you know, what was really unique about the whole coronavirus um, outbreak is that I was actually in Frisco, Texas at the 2020 Conference USA Basketball Tournament, and I was alongside Savannah Matney and Grant Trailer from the Herald-Dispatch when the Conference USA decided to announce 10 minutes before our women's basketball team uh, game was canceled and the rest of the tournament was canceled. So I got to witness that perspective that was completely unexpected. And being a student on campus has truly um, opened my eyes. And I've learned a lot about taking everything, not taking everything for granted as I used to. If you would, recount those experiences you had because you had that unique perspective. All of that was going on right before your eyes. We're hearing it back here in the Tri-State secondhand what's going on. You had a front row seat to it all. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was very upset. I was a little shocked. I was very scared because um, the coronavirus 
where I was in Dallas, the coronavirus had just been uh, increasing their cases. And Savannah and I had been all over Frisco, Texas, you know, doing different things and exploring the city while we were not doing any sports reporting. And, you know, just to be in that atmosphere has really changed my perspective. And I've learned a lot from this experience. Now, you're in a situation now where you're a student trying to be a student. You're doing distant learning. You're learning remotely. You're still trying to work for the paper. Just what have been the challenges here? This might be how we learn in the future. Universities might go to this model more and more. And this isn't a new model of learning, but you're taking all your classes online. This is really a Marshall doing this is a first for everything to be online. Yeah, I would say the most challenging part for my online learning has been just I've had some issues with lack of communications between other students and the professors. So that's kind of made it hard. But I've learned how to manage my time and budget all of my workout in a fashionable manner the best way as possible, because, you know, never learned how to truly prepare for a pandemic just like this. Yeah, there's not a class on here's what you do in a pandemic. We're all trying to figure it out together. How challenging is it for you? Because as I mentioned, not only you have your classwork, you're still the sports editor of the Parthenon. You can't just shut the paper down. Papers have to continue on. Essential businesses like myself here in a radio station. You mentioned Grant Trailer earlier. Newspaper, essential. Television, essential. And the Parthenon trying to give you that real-world experience. They're pretty much probably considered essential as well in a different manner, but you still have to go out and do your job. So how challenging has that been for you trying to cover sports? I mean, you're the sports editor, but you're probably also a COVID-19 reporter now. Yes, I definitely have had an eye-opening experience um, where sports basically stopped until, you know, just about yesterday when the NFL draft was virtual. I have been trying to keep up with social media for the Parthenon Sports Twitter and the Parthenon newspaper in general. I've been assisting the rest of the Parthenon editors in coverage with the coronavirus pandemic. Sounds like we lost Taylor. Let's hold just for a second see if we've got her. Finding those fantastic feature stories that I'm able to put out for them and show what Marshall is still continuing to do. You cut out for maybe 15 seconds. We came back when you said finding fantastic feature stories. Oh, okay. So my reporters, Spencer Dupuy and Samari Randazzo, have done a fantastic job of finding those feature stories within Marshall Athletics to keep the sports coming, even though the coronavirus has put sports to a halt. You know, they they have gone out of their way from their homes and they've been in contact with athletics and the athletes that have been going through this, especially in a time like this. And they've helped me in so many ways. And I've just been trying to publish their work and keep up with social media and stuff like that. How difficult has it been also with everybody being so virtual? You mentioned earlier communication. Has that been the same or a little bit better as far as your day-to-day with the Parthenon compared to your teachers and your daily schoolwork? The Parthenon has done a really good job of communicating. Um, We use the app called Slack 
and we talk almost every day within the editor groups. And I have a group message with Stormy and Spencer and my assistant sports editor, Grant Goodrich. And we occasionally will talk in there and then they will all just privately message me and give me ideas or suggestions of what they could write about. And I'm like, yeah, go for it. Because, you know, in times like this, we don't know what's going to happen in the sports world. And they're the ones that are finding all this. And I'm just trying to keep up with them and all that. Has it been, if, I don't even know if this is the right way to, to describe it, but has it been rewarding to be able to flex your muscles a little bit as far as your reporting capabilities? Because again, this is all new to us and it's tragic, but you're finding out that, okay, um, maybe I'm a little bit more capable than I thought I was. I feel like every day I'm struggling, but some days I'm feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm better. On top of everything that's going on, it's just we're, we're all experiencing new things and we're all out of our comfort zone trying to, to cover this and to properly bring it all to people. Right. I definitely think this COVID-19 pandemic has been a very challenging yet eye-opening situation for us as reporters and especially in the sports industry um i've learned to coast away from sports a little bit and further my um learning in news reporting as well and it's just it's been very challenging but you know i wouldn't want it any other way it's it's just for future purposes of how my career is going to be because you know we don't know what's going to happen in the future and we don't know truly what's going to happen. Joining me from the Parthenon, the sports editor, Taylor Huddleston, and usually we'd be talking maybe about sports, but unfortunately we're talking about the absence of sports. You mentioned it earlier, the NFL draft, really our first resumption of feeling like we had sports last night, and uh, I kind of noticed on your social media feed a little love for Joe Burrow. I mean, is that, is <laughs> yes, that true? Yes, I do have a love for Joe Burrow. Oh, absolutely. I'm a huge fan. So you're happy he's going to Cincinnati. You're happy he's a first-round pick. Yes. I'm very excited for him. Um, Cincinnati's not far at all. But I will say I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so I would have loved to seen him go to the Steelers. But, hey, I can be a part-time Bengals fan anytime. <laughs> of course, one of your mentors, uh, professors, um, people you get a grade from, however you describe him, Mike Powers might not agree with that statement, being he is a well-known Pittsburgh Steelers fan, also a videographer for Marshall University, and you see him on sidelines just to tell people who Mike Powers is if they don't know. But uh, I don't think he's going to agree with that statement of uh, you being a part-time Bengals fan. No, hopefully he doesn't hear me ever say that. But, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm happy for everybody who's been drafted so far. And it's just been really rewarding to be able to see sports on ESPN and their live. I mean, it, it was really eye-opening that, a lot of the commissioners and the coaches and the staff were broadcasting the live feeds from their, what well, it looks like their basements and their homes. You know, they had a studio set up and everything. And I just, I thought that was incredible how in times like this, we can come together and put, use our brains in a, in a good way to give the people what they want and deserve. 
Taylor Huddleston's with me. She is the sports editor of the Parthenon, of course, not just the Parthenon sports editor. You see her covering Marshall from different angles all over the place. If she doesn't have her reporter's pad out, she definitely has her video camera. Just talk about that a little bit. Uh, You're definitely one of a new breed of sports journalists, more multimedia than ever before. You're not just on traditional television formats. You're on social media, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, of course, if you can even call that you know, new. I mean, Facebook's been around for a while, but you are definitely a multi-platform journalist, and that's sort of new and different compared to people like even myself who I'm, I'm more radio than anything. Right. Social media has been a huge presence in my life growing up, and especially where I'm set to graduate in December from Marshall University. And being able to be a multimedia journalist has definitely been very rewarding. I'm able to do a lot of things that I never imagined. I, can, I can't give enough credit to all of the um, university personnel in the School of Journalism and Mass Communications and all of the um, departments that I've worked with at Marshall University, like to the WMUFM 88.1 sports team and to the Parthenon for giving me unbelievable opportunities of a lifetime and as well as the University Communications Department. I don't think people realize enough how good Marshall's broadcast and journalism and now multimedia presence really is. Uh, And you're just uh, a prime example of that. Uh, You're surrounded by students and peers and friends that are all in this field together with you now. And it's just amazing to see how many people are now taking advantage of so many different platforms within the university. I mean, you know, you're right now sports editor of the Parthenon, but you're definitely, you know, surrounded by a lot of people who have different specialties. I mean, Marshall's video streaming games now. Marshall's doing so much more. And that's on top of when Marshall was just really a radio juggernaut when it came to broadcasting and journalism. Definitely. I feel like I came to Marshall at a time where all of this emerging social media and um, technology has really immersed into the curriculums of the journalism school. And it's just been really rewarding that I've been able to work with closely with professors and build those connections and relationships within those professors and friends that I've met along the way that I will truly cherish for the rest of my life because I learn something new every day from my friends. And it's just been something that I will take with me in my future career. I've learned a lot of radio broadcasting from Savannah Matney, one of my best friends, and I've learned a lot about video and editing from her vision with Alexandra Warrington, two of my best friends that I met coming to Marshall. So I can't be more thankful than that. By the way, that's a killer squad. I know both of those ladies and they're, um, I, I would take them. Yeah, I, I would take they them. Are killers. Yeah. I would take them on against anybody right now. If that was my squad, I would, t- I would go up against anybody with them. I think they would agree. Wouldn't you guys? Yeah. hundred percent. I think so. Yeah, they're there. I know. I, I knew they were there. I mean, because again, you're you're in a squad. I mean, that's that's the point. That's why I'm trying to get in the squad or try to be associate member of the squad because uh, there's strength in numbers and and yeah, put you three together. It's a wolf pack. Oh, definitely. I think we're a very powerful 
triplet trio, whatever you would like to call it. But yeah, we like to have fun, but we also like to learn and better ourselves for our future careers because truly we could go into any aspect and we're just here for the ride and to enjoy it. And I think what isn't been said here, because people, I know you, a lot of people are getting to know you for the first time, maybe listening to the show, or they have an idea who you are because they follow Marshall and they see you come up, is you, probably your squad to a degree as well, are the most adventurous people that I have ever met. Marshall, Marshall in the uh, soccer championship, you're like, yeah, sure, let's go down, let's drive right now, we'll go and cover it in the morning, or hey, there's Chad Pennington hanging out right there. He's just visiting. I'm going to go talk to him. And, yeah, it feels like you, Savannah, Alexandria, I mean, I know you all, you're, you're all adventurous and you just don't care. You you are going to go ask and get that interview. Oh, for sure. We are very adventurous. We love road trips. And, and if it involves martial athletics, why not road trips? You know, it's worth it in the end. It's a great learning experience. And, you know, you get to meet a lot of martial – people your martial family and being able to travel for martial athletics you know it's been very it's just been such a blessing and taking up those connections and relationships like i said before has just truly been awesome and i will continue to travel for martial until i decide what i want to do with my future but you know hopefully in the fall we will have football and we will have soccer and hopefully basketball and you know and I'm planning more road trips. I've got my trip planned to go to East Carolina University, you know, for week zero. And I'm just keeping the hope alive that we're going to continue this. And I know Savannah and Alex would agree with me that this sports world is not going to come to a full end. You know, we're going to rise from this coronavirus and we're going to bring sports back. Is there a positive feeling then coming from the administration, the university, uh, as students, are you getting that feel that the university is trying everything they can to bring back the students on campus instead of trying to do this for a prolonged period of distant learning? Personally, yes, I totally believe they're doing the best they can. I even saw the other day where President Gilbert and Provost Taylor are both taking voluntary pay cuts of like 10 to 15 percent out of their own pay to help cover you know the cost and everything of the coronavirus that has affected the university and I think that is truly phenomenal you know you don't find a lot of um, university president and provost volunteering their own money to help dedicate to their students and to bring campus back to life the way it was you know it's just truly phenomenal and it's truly a representation of what how family like Marshall University truly is. Joining us on the program, she is the sports editor of the Parthenon, Taylor Huddleston. Of course, you can find her on social media as well. And if you do follow her on social media, you might be surprised because you never know a video is going to come out at any time. You don't have a schedule. You just shoot something out. Oh, hey, look, here's an interview. I've got, uh, you know, I know Chad Pennington was a big get, but uh, knowing you, you might drive down to Tampa here just in a whim and get Byron Leftwich. I'm waiting for that to happen. I mean, I would definitely take a trip back to Tampa and go to a Buccaneers game. So I would totally love to talk to Byron Leftwich and, you know, just get back into that. I need some sunshine in my life. So, see, there you go. That's your challenge now. Go, uh, you know, you can you can road trip with your squad and you can head down 
and get Byron? I'm sure he'd say yes if you just um, I, do you do you call ahead or you just show up here? Hey, um, Byron, you got a minute? <laughs> I go usually it's on the spot. Um, when I interviewed Chad Pennington, I spotted him at the Cam Henderson Center and I looked at Mike Powers and I said, um, "Hey, Chad Pennington's right across the court. Can I go talk to him?" And he goes. Yeah, go for it. So I usually just do it on the fly, and I go up to whoever I want to talk to. I'm like, hey, um, my name is Taylor. I'm the sports editor for the Parthenon. I'd just like to interview you, if possible, for our social media. So it usually works out most of the time. And Chad Pennington was a great person to talk to. He loves to talk to people, very friendly. And he just I can just tell he, how passionate he is for martial athletics and where he brings his sons back for basketball games. is truly awesome. Parthenon sports editor Taylor Huddleston and uh, one of my uh, good friends from Press Row joining us on the program. Uh, next time we have you on, probably be sooner than later, uh, we'll, uh, we'll carry on. Uh, I know we promised a lot of people we'd cut up, but I'm, we kept it kind of professional today. We don't have our social media tools, <laughs> and we, we can't Snapchat. I mean, we could have maybe tried to work it out. We couldn't Snapchat this today. Another time we will definitely have to when we are able to be – closer than six feet apart yeah and we can also bring your squad in savannah can come in she's she's a rock star when it comes to radio we'll bring her in alex is a a pro beyond pro when it comes to video you and me i think we've got a team i mean we could be the four horsemen of, of marshall radio what do you think oh definitely and i do want to bring in actually professor dan hollis not just because he just texted me and said i hadn't talked about him yet but oh okay (laughs) he's the man truly behind it all i mean i met dan in 2016 and from my governor's honors academy and he's been one of the biggest role models inspirations i've truly had and it's going to be sad if i do end up leaving marshall in december because he deserves more recognition than a lot of people that i think and i just want to give him a special shout out (laughs) <laughs> is there anybody else that needs a shout out? I mean, you've got the floor. Who who else do you need to shout out to? You know, I just want to give a shout out to all the Marshall U family. You know, this time may not be the best, but we're going to get through it together and we'll be back. I'm never going to be back. So I have hope and I hope you guys do too. And I just hope that everybody stays safe and wash your hands and six feet apart. Taylor Huddleston joining me, Parthenon Sports Editor. And uh, the, another reason why I like hanging out with Taylor is because my social media profile goes up when I talk to Taylor. Just a, a quick funny story. I had her on our pregame a few months ago, and we're also on 93.7 The Dog. And all of a sudden, her phone blows up. My, I'm getting mentions. You know, you're like ratings gold for me when you're on the dog with me. I mean, people are like, tell me, hey, there's Taylor on the radio. (laughs) I'm available anytime. Taylor Huddleston, Parthenon Sports Editor. Um, We'll have our Snapchat routine coming back to a a snap near you soon. Um, Give my best to everybody, everybody you're hanging out with right now, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. That's Taylor Huddleston. She is the Sports Editor of the Parthenon. And let me tell you, uh, check her stuff out on social media. She is killing it on a daily basis when we have sports, and she's also covering sports best she can and doing a fantastic job of it from home 
Marshall University, the Parthenon. That's where you want to follow her as well. We will continue on. We'll talk about what's happening with Conference USA, possible changes, possible scheduling. Who knows what's going to happen, but we'll discuss it when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Friday, April 24th edition. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan, your host on this Friday, draft night number one and the books. Draft night number two continues tonight. We start at 6 o'clock. Heads up, 6 o'clock, straight up. Right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Also on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. The Bengals, I don't know where they're going to go next. Do they go wide receiver? Do they go tight end? Do they work on that front seven? They did allow the most rushing yards per game last season and the second most rushing first downs per game. So do you start working on that? Do you maybe... Go find someone to protect your new addition to the team, your new asset. We'll find out tonight. Bengals have got the first pick in the second round. That's the cool thing about it. I can pop in, get the pick, and then everything else is background noise to me until the Bengals pick again. I don't have to sit and wait. That's the fun thing about the Bengals picking first. The bad thing about the Bengals picking first is they were terrible last season. Hopefully that's not going to be the case next year if we have a next year. And that's a big concern. I think more so for college than the pros. The pros, of course, can find ways to overcome college athletics. However, different story. Now, we've been trying to follow a little bit more specific to what we're interested in, Conference USA, regional. We're trying to follow this a little bit more targeted than just in general. And Conference USA looking at a way to reduce expenses. We've talked about this. We've talked about adjusting the scheduling practices to cut down on travel because travel is such a big part of Conference USA. It's not geographically friendly. You're sending your volleyball team, your softball team, you're sending them to Texas. Now, the competition is not the question. The quality of play, not the question. It's the expense. It's the travel. And football, right now, the way this is set up, the way Division I is set up, football's funding most of this. It's putting the budget down for everything else pretty much. If you're at a lower division, they're adding sports. You notice lower divisions, they, they have more sports because the way the league is set up, the way the cost is set up, the way the travel is set up, it's a little bit different. Now, Marshall's playing a Division One level of athletics, and that means you travel more, and that means travel costs more. And when you're in Conference USA, you're all over the place. It's different when you're in a league. For example, the Mid-American Conference. Mid-American Conference, the travel is a lot better. The majority of the schools are in a better footprint geographically than Conference USA. You don't have to go far. For the majority of your games, you don't have to go that far. And the thing I liked about the MAC at the time was you could travel and you could go to these games. You could follow the herd. You could make a road trip. Now, 
some of the venues you go to now in Conference USA are pretty nice. I mean, going down to Florida, really nice. Nobody's questioning that. But if you are trying to figure out a way to make Conference USA easier on the purse strings, you have to look into divisions. Pods are being discussed as well. And, of course, Conference USA has formed a committee to deal with the challenges of the league's schedule. I mean, that's the thing. Now, um, following Brett Vito's reporting from the Denton Record Chronicle, there's some conversation that maybe you're going to see limit of games, a little crossover limits. You might see that. Now, football and softball, you've got that now because football, softball, you're split into East and West divisions, and you limit what the crossover looks like, especially in football. You don't have that much crossover in football because you're playing your division foes, and then you've got a couple of crossover games. But basketball, men's and women's basketball, women's soccer, volleyball, these are among the sports that don't have a division format. So the division format might help cut down on some of the crossover. Does softball need to be going to Texas? Does Texas need to be coming to West Virginia? I mean, do you what do you miss out on that? Baseball, do you miss out on that quality? I mean, if Rice isn't coming to Huntington, if Marshall's not going to Rice, you know, do you miss out on that? Soccer, does that diminish the quality of the league? I mean, be honest. Marshall is in a really good soccer league right now. And you want to play to those strengths because you've got some good teams in this conference. I mean, Kentucky's in this conference as well because Kentucky can't get soccer and the SEC. So Conference USA, a really good soccer league. And you don't want to try to diminish the quality of the league. At the same time, you don't want to diminish the finances of the athletic departments. And so do you see Conference USA becoming more geographically friendly? I've always thought that the teams that are on the east side of Conference USA, for the most part, should break off. I've always felt that the Texas teams should be elsewhere, on their own, in a different division, different league, completely away from the east side. I really think you could have a strong conference financially and still retain a lot of the things that you like as a Marshall fan in Conference USA. The Sun Belt, what do you do? Can you see some realignment, geography coming into play a little bit better? Not just looking for like institutions, but looking for like institutions that are in a more geographically friendly footprint. That, that was the thing. And Conference USA footprint was different years ago. It's not now. And you're trying to add teams to put more and think that that's better. You've had more teams, bigger markets maybe, but I don't think it's going to work that way. And you might see they're going to try to figure out how to do this. You're going to see that they're going to try to do this. And some institutions are looking at maybe cutting down the schedule. Some institutions are maybe looking at ways to trim the fat in their mind. You might see sports disappear for a few seasons, who know? And so what's going to happen is going to depend a lot on the conference. Marshall might want to play football. The conference might say, no, we're not doing that right now because it's not just going to be a Marshall decision. 
conference schedule might get readjusted because of the new reality that we're in right now. Who knows? It's very fluid. And you've got to take everything a day at a time. As cliche as that sounds, you've got to take it a day at a time because everything changes on a daily basis, sometimes hourly, but on a daily basis. And the driving factor will be saving money and making sure you're making money. Because if college athletics doesn't happen on time, there's going to be a pinch. If college athletics doesn't happen at all, there's going to be a huge seismic shift in college athletics, especially with football being the engine that drives this forward. More on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Coming up tonight, and I mean in a few minutes, for those of you listening live, we've got day two of the NFL draft. You can listen to it in its entirety right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Also on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. We'll have day three tomorrow as well. And, of course, if you follow us on social media, you can find our Facebook page, ESPN 94.1 Huntington. You can find us on Twitter. You can also follow me. I have a Facebook page, The Drive with Paul Swan. Wherever you follow me, you follow me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. Find me on some of those social media channels. You'll find out what's happening with the radio station. I'll be tweeting out all kinds of stuff this weekend, schedule updates. We've got classic basketball games coming up. We're going to have the flu game this weekend before the the last dance. That is coming up on ESPN Sunday night. We're going to have the flu game before that on the radio side here. So looking forward to all of that. And you find me on social media. You find the radio station on social media. We get you updated on everything. And, of course, if you missed any part of today's program, find us on the podcast wherever you get your podcast. That's going to do it for this edition. Back on Monday here on ESPN 94.1. Good night. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.